Welcome to Hancock Talks, your source for insights about life insurance trends and opportunities with a focus on tactics that can help drive your sales. This podcast is for financial professional use only. It is not intended for use with the public. This material is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide advice. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Hancock. Please listen to the important disclosures at the end of this podcast. Now, let's get started with your host, Karen Egan. Hello, welcome to Hancock Talks, and thanks for being with us today. Every September, our industry recognizes Life Insurance Awareness Month. This year's theme is Reality Check. The time for life insurance is now. It's both clever and poignant. The events of 2020 have underscored the tremendous value that life insurance offers, both financially and in terms of peace of mind. But the fact is, there are still too many people who want life insurance, say they are going to get it, but never do. We're going to explore that side of the coverage gap and how behavioral economics can help to close it. Today, we're joined by Joey Davenport, president of the Hoopus Performance Network in Chicago. Joey has over 25 years of experience in financial services as a top producer, manager, entrepreneur, and international speaker. Joey's organization is also recognized by Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing privately held businesses in the United States. And Hupus Performance Network's web-based training programs have received top recognition, including multiple Digital Media Innovators Awards. Joey is also co-author of the number one best-selling book, The Power of Coaching, Engaging Excellence in Others. So Joey, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Karen. My pleasure. You know, there's so much that I'd like to talk to you about, but before we dive into the tactics and skills, let's start with the basics. What is behavioral economics? Behavioral economics is the fusion of psychology and economics to explain human behavior as it relates to financial decision-making. And it's been around since the late 1970s, although it's never been studied specifically in the insurance and financial services space. And if you think about economics, which many of us learned in college, economics is very rational and very objective, but behavioral economics is very irrational because it involves human behavior and tendencies. It's used globally to nudge consumers towards socially desirable behaviors. As a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Richard Thaler is considered the father of behavioral economics. Uh, is at the University of Chicago here in my backyard, wrote a book called Nudge a few years ago, uh, which is an incredible book. But it talks about in certain countries, they put default options, whether it's food you're ordering so that you eat healthier or whether it's on retirement savings plans that defaults to a certain savings percentage uh, versus people have to opt out of that. It it helps people to save more. And so you're nudging people um, against their natural tendencies that are, you know, actually many times not good for them. And as I mentioned, it had never been studied specifically in the insurance and financial services space. But several years ago, my company, the Hoopus Performance Network and Limra identified seven behavioral economics techniques that when applied to the sales process, increase the likelihood that a prospect will move forward by 29%. And I know we're going to talk a little bit later about that. That's so interesting. And we know now more than ever, life insurance is so relevant to so many people, but there's definitely a gap between people who say they need life insurance and those that actually go out and get a policy. So how can behavioral economics play in to closing that gap? 
Well, if you look at Limer Research, 47% of consumers state that they're afraid of making a mistake in their financial decision-making. And most of the producers know out there when prospects or clients are afraid of making a mistake, what do they end up doing? They do nothing. They hunker down and they sort of wait it out. Um, in that same study, uh, it was revealed that 71% of consumers are more confused after they meet with a producer than before they met with the producer, if you can imagine that. And so we show up with our fancy charts and our jargon, and we are completely confusing prospects and clients. And so people are afraid and confused in the marketplace when it comes to purchasing financial products. And anything that a financial professional can do to reduce this fear and confusion in the sales process is one, not only going to differentiate that producer, but it's going to help them to more effectively get the prospect through the decision-making process. And this can be done by incorporating these behavioral economics techniques. You, you know, you talk about two factors at play here. You've got consumers who are afraid of making a mistake when it comes to making a financial decision. And then the other factor is they're often more confused after meeting with a financial professional than they were before the meeting. So how should our audience go about combating that fear and prevent the confusion in the first place? Well, first off, Karen, what you have to do as a producer is you have to make it easy for prospects and clients to decide. I mean, I have three behavioral economics concepts for this one. First is what I call real words for real people. We use a lot of jargon and it creates a lot of confusion out in the marketplace. And I'll give you a couple of examples. There's been recent studies in Lumber that show that the word protection, which a lot of producers use out there to talk about insurance protection, in the mind of the consumer, consumers associate protection with birth control. They do not associate that with insurance protection. Um, another example is the word premium. If we follow producers around on a daily basis, we would hear them use the word premium a number of times to talk about the amount that someone needs to pay their monthly, quarterly, or annually uh, towards the insurance. But the consumer associates the word premium with expensive. Um, and it's no wonder that you know, millennials tend to think that term insurance costs 10 times more than it actually does because you know, of us using words like premium. So we have to use real words for real people. The second concept around this is visualization and helping them uh, decide and making it easy for them to decide. Let's face it, we sell an intangible product, right? They can't touch it, they can't feel it. They are trusting the producer is implementing a solution, whether it's retirement planning or life insurance, and that that is going to take care of them at some point in the future. And so if you equate this back to uh, when you go to purchase a car, what does the car salesman want you to do? No matter what, they're trying to get you to test drive the car because they want you to experience it. They want you to sit in the leather. They want you to push the accelerator down. They want your hair blowing in the wind with the window down or the uh, you know, convertible down. And so you're trying on it, you're test driving it. And so we have to, through visualization, get prospects and clients to test drive these intangible solutions. So saying things like, hey, in the future, when little Susie's walking across that stage at Notre Dame and, and carrying on your legacy, think about how good that's going to make you feel from the planning that we're doing today. Or, you know, in the future, when you're up at the lake house and you're fly fishing with the grandkids because of all the money you've set aside and the work that we're doing today, think about how great that's going to make you feel. And so I'm getting them to test drive and visualize the feelings of intangible solutions that I'm recommending. The third concept of behavioral economics on making it easy for them to decide is the concept of heuristics or what most people would know out there as rules of thumb. Rules of thumb heuristics are very effective 
because what it does, it helps me to understand as a prospector client, what other people in my similar situation are doing and making decisions around these things. That's why for years, the concept of eight to 10 times your income in life insurance or three to six times in an emergency fund worked really well because people can relate to that. They can associate it. Um, it's based off a concept called social hurting theory, right? I now understand what people in my similar situation and stage of life are doing and making decisions around these certain things. So heuristics or rules of thumb are very powerful in making it easy for prospects and clients to decide. Yeah, I really liked those examples that you used. Um, it was so clear to me in the visualization example about how it becomes personal for them. And so it certainly would be easier for them to make a decision once it's personal. And, you know, and life insurance is incredibly personal. Our customers are protecting their most valuable assets, and usually that's their loved ones. Based on the research, the sales experience should be personal too, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. Definitely. The, the sales experience should be personal. As a matter of fact, personal experiences help to overcome irrational optimism. That is a behavioral economics concept. People are naturally overly optimistic that bad things are not going to happen to them. If you think about the number of people that pass on car insurance, probably in a given time when they do a rental car, or if you went to someone who was about to get married a week from now and you said, hey, what do you think the odds that this are going to work out? You think they're going to go eh, about 50-50. <laughs> no, they're not, right? Till death do us part, because that's not going to happen to me. And I could get into on the property and casualty side, the amount of people that don't think a hurricane is going to happen unless they've experienced one recently and on and on and on. And so to overcome this irrational optimism, we must share stories of people similar to them who have either benefited from implementing your solutions or been negatively impacted by not doing so. I'll give you a, a quick example um, of waiver premium on term insurance. Early on in my career, I sold a very good friend of mine a million dollars of term insurance with a waiver of premium rider on it, meaning if he became sick or hurt, at any point in time, they could convert that term insurance to permanent insurance and the insurance company would pay that premium till the age 65. One day at 30 years old, and this is a, a very good friend of mine, a fraternity brother of mine from college, he's walking out to the mailbox and a car comes over the hill, burns off the road, hits him, knocks him 40 feet into a fence. They life flight him to Vanderbilt. For years, he had issues and they eventually uh, diagnosed him with a damaged pituitary gland because he would have blackouts for hours on end and, and lots of issues over the years. Well, the company that I had sold this million dollars of term insurance through declared that he was fully disabled. They converted that term insurance to permanent insurance, a million dollars of permanent insurance. They pay that premium every month. It's right at about $2,000. And at age 65, he's going to have about $2.4 million of cash value. Now, if I take 30 seconds to a minute to share that story around that impact of waiver premium, I'm probably not ever not selling a waiver premium rider on a life insurance policy, right? But a lot of producers out there will say, well, with this waiver of premium, if you become disabled for a period of time, the insurance company is going to, and the prospect goes, no, I'm good. We'll pass on waiver. And so the point is you have to have these stories, whether it's for waiver of premium, whether it's for term insurance, uh, kitty policies, whether it's for college education or annuities or whatever it might be, and share these personal experiences to help overcome this irrational optimism because you're making it back personal to that prospect or client. Okay. So along with the personalization, there are other guiding principles of behavioral economics that can help people close sales. 
So give our listeners a brief overview of those principles. You have a couple uh, just for today I'll share. One of them is called the fairness doctrine. And what that means is that prospects or clients want to be treated fairly in the sales process. If I, as the prospect, feel like you, Karen, as the producer are not treating me fairly, I will make decisions counter to my best interests to spite you, if you can imagine that, right? And so the thing is, we have to uh, create an environment to where prospects and clients feel like we're treating them fairly in the sales process. I'll give you a, a few tactical examples. First of all, let's say I'm going through the closing sales presentation. I'm going through the numbers. I'm showing a ledger, whatever it might be. We already know, as I mentioned earlier, 71% of consumers are more confused after they meet with a producer than before they met with a producer. So let's just, you know, be aware of that in the sales process. So what I might do is pause and just say, hey, Karen, I'd like to check in with you a moment. What questions do you have up to this point? Versus most producers say, do you have any questions? So listen and think about that. What questions do you have up to this point? Do you have any questions? What questions do you have gives the optics that I'm expecting that you would have questions, that this is confusing. I'm creating a safe environment for you to ask questions. Do you have any questions is very closed off. And so most people have the blank stare and they go, uh uh-uh, uh, I don't have any questions. <laughs> and they're completely confused. Another example along these lines is I might pause during a ledger presentation or my planning analysis I'm showing. And I might say, hey, let me just do a pulse check and ask, am I explaining all of this clearly? Versus most producers say, does this make sense to you? Think about the difference there. Am I explaining this clearly? Who am I putting the onus on? I'm putting the onus on me as the financial professional. It's my responsibility to explain this clearly. And if you're not getting it or if you're confused, that's on me, that's not on you. Versus saying, does this make sense to you? Right. And even if they're confused, they feel dumb, you know, that they didn't get it or they did lose track. So by putting an onus on me, I'm creating a fair and safe environment. Relationship tension goes down. Trust goes up. Um, Last example here on fairness. We know from studies that um, prospects and clients want three options, but they want the producer to make a specific recommendation and explain why they're making that recommendation. So a good field example here is that many of the listeners have used for years. Here's the life insurance in all term insurance. Here's the option in all permanent insurance. And here's a combination of the two. I recommend that we do a combination of the two based on cash flow. Fair enough. And so what I've done, I haven't boxed them in a corner. I've given them options, but I made a specific recommendation and explained why and it taps into this whole concept of fairness doctrine. One last one that I think will be uh, very interesting to listeners today is the behavioral economics concept of mental accounts. People all have mental accounts for their money. I have mental accounts for my retirement plan and my kid's education plan and my Saturday night going out money and my buy my boat money <laughs> and you name it, right? And what a producer is really competing with over a dollar is that prospect or client going to spend that dollar on immediate gratification needs or delayed gratifications for their financial security. So we're really competing on where they're going to spend that dollar to the extent that what we're recommending taps into multiple mental accounts or solves several problems 
with one stone, if you will, they're more likely to justify spending that dollar. That's why combo products have become so popular these days where you've got the life insurance policy with living benefit riders that are added to them um, have become extremely popular because you're killing several birds with one stone. That's why for you old schoolers listening in today, you might recall this came about in the uh, 1970s, the old concept of live, die, quit, become disabled. Now, we didn't call it behavioral economics back then, but human behavior was the same. And that's why this worked. We say with this life insurance, if you die too soon, it's going to take care of your family. If you live too long, it's going to annuitize or create a stream of income. If you get sick or hurt along the way with this waiver of premium, it's going to self-complete itself. Or at some point, you have enough cash in here, you got the flexibility, you can stop paying into the policy. Now, again, that wasn't called uh, behavioral economics, but psychologically, that's why that worked, because we were tapping into multiple mental accounts and solving several issues with one solution. Makes complete sense. You know, Joey, in my role, I do a lot of professional development work with our sales team. So I'm interested in your ideas around what people refer to as soft skills and how they can benefit sales and client relationships, particularly at this time when so much about relationship building is now being done virtually. Yeah, it's interesting. Soft skills are more important today than ever before, especially in this virtual world that we find ourselves living in. And the interesting thing that I've found is throughout the industry, a lot of other things have taken precedence over the last few years and out of necessity. So it's understandable. But for example, compliance training is so important. So that takes top shelf space. Technology training uh, has become critically important and becoming more and more important. I mean, when I got in the business 25 years ago, we weren't talking about CRMs and LMSs and things like that. But today we have to have technology training. So that takes precedent. A lot of product training I see out there. And so those take shelf space over soft skills training. But soft skills training, things like active listening, demonstrating empathy, emotional intelligence, or just clear communication are the real keys to developing enduring relationships. So I think producers that uh, sharpen their soft skills, um, especially now that we've moved into a lot of a virtual world is going to have a leg up and people are looking for that. They want human connection. They want someone to help them through the sales process to reduce this fear and reduce this confusion. And this is how, by the way, producers can overcome robo advice. I mean, there's a place for robo advice but the robo-advisor is never going to be demonstrating empathy, emotional intelligence, and things along these lines. And so if the producers want to differentiate themselves, they'll embrace these soft skills and these behavioral economics techniques. Well, Joey, you've certainly given us a lot to think about. We've only begun to scratch the surface on this topic. You covered some tangible tips people can start to put into practice today. So thank you again so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Karen. It's been my pleasure. Let's wrap up with the Marketing Minute segment of the show. With us today is Angela Calcagno, Senior Marketing Manager for John Hancock. Thanks for joining us today, Angela. Great to be here, Karen. So Joey provided a lot of great insight about how to get clients to the next step in the decision-making and buying process. Once they've made the decision to make a purchase, can you offer some perspective on why now is the time to consider John Hancock? Absolutely. You know, it's really an exciting time to be a marketer here at John Hancock. Over the past several years, we've introduced several initiatives that have increased our digital capabilities and solutions that really solidify our position as an innovator in the life insurance industry. 
I'm going to touch on just a few of the reasons why I think now there's never been a better time to consider John Hancock. There are, of course, several others. First, we offer a number of competitive products that not only provide financial protection, but also offer innovative living benefit riders designed to give your clients comprehensive support in times of crisis. We are the only life insurance carrier with programs like John Hancock Vitality and John Hancock Aspire that are helping our customers live longer, healthier lives. We are continuing to make the application process easier and faster with digital solutions like John Hancock Express Track and JHE app that significantly streamline the process for you and your clients. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, you can assure your clients that John Hancock backs their products with the financial strength and experience gained through more than 150 years in the industry. An important message in these uncertain times. Well, we're certainly proud of what John Hancock has been able to do during this tough time with the products that they've released as well as these new innovations. What are the new resources available for producers? You know, things that they can use to get the conversation started with their clients. Great question. You know, we've been working on a lot of new material to sort of help you bring these strengths to your clients. We have several new social media posts that highlight the importance of life insurance, as well as address the common misconceptions consumers have about life insurance. We've also recently updated some great consumer-approved flyers that talk about the different uses of life insurance, including income protection and supplemental income. You know, many times clients just think of sort of that death benefit, but life insurance has many uses, as you all know. And finally, we've made a great article that was co-written between our guest speaker, Joey, and Sarah Schmidt, the Director of Product Innovation and Development at LIMRA, that takes a closer look at behavioral economics. And you can find all of these resources by logging into jhsaleshub.com. Those are great resources. Thanks again, Angela, for taking your time to join us today. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Hancock Talks. For more resources on today's topic, as well as access to more information about how to grow your insurance business, visit jhsaleshub.com. And don't forget to download and subscribe to the Hancock Talk Show on iTunes. That way you'll receive our new episodes as they become available. As always, thanks for listening. For the statement increases the likelihood a prospect will move forward by 29% is from Using Behavioral Economics to Sell, LIMRA 2012 Strategic Issues Series, The Mysteries of Life, Life Insurance Ownership and Behavioral Economics, 2016. For the statistic, 47% of consumers state they are afraid of making a mistake in their financial decisions is from Understanding Life, The Impact of Life Insurance Knowledge on Consumer Attitudes and Behaviors, 2019. For the statement, 71% of consumers are more confused after they meet is from Understanding Life, the Impact of Life Insurance Knowledge on Consumer Attitudes and Behaviors, 2019. Any discussion of features, values, or benefits are not guaranteed and may be subject to change. Vitality is the provider of the John Hancock Vitality Program in connection with policies issued by John Hancock. Aspire is not available in New York, Idaho, and Puerto Rico. The benefits available under Aspire can vary depending on whether the insured has type 1 or type 2 diabetes, the type and coverage amount of the life insurance policy purchased and the level of on-duo engagement with the John Hancock Vitality Program. Certain aspects of Aspire may change over time. There is no coordination between Aspire and any health benefits you may receive from an insurance policy, health plan, or any other wellness programs you may be enrolled in. 
The figures used in the waiver of premium examples are hypothetical, for discussion purposes only, are not guaranteed, and may not be used to project or predict results. Actual results may be more or less favorable. Specific product and policy elements would be found in a policy illustration provided by an insurer. With any decision regarding the purchase of life insurance, a client would need to determine which type of life insurance product is most suitable for their specific needs. Life insurance products are issued by John Hancock Life Insurance USA, Boston Mass 02116, not licensed in New York, and John Hancock Life Insurance Company of New York, Valhalla, New York 10595. This recorded material may have been recorded to support promotion or marketing of the topics addressed in this recorded material. Individuals interested in the topics discussed should consult with their professional advisors to examine legal, tax, accounting, or financial aspects of these topics. MLINY 0909 20047.